Coming up on today's edition of Locked On Eagles, this Eagles offense in 2022 looks really good on paper. How does it rank compared to other offenses across the NFL? And this is the most promising long-term the Eagles have had for weapons since 2009. That's coming up next right here on Locked On Eagles. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you so much for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome in, Eagles fans, to a Wednesday edition of the show. It's episode three of five. Download it into your phone wherever you get the podcast, Monday through Friday, also in video form on YouTube. And make sure you hit us up on Twitter. Always talking birds on Twitter at Lockdown Birds and at DiBiase. L-O-E on today's edition of the podcast. Want to get into the Eagles weapons a little bit more because I was looking at this on paper and as we've mentioned a few times on the show over the last few weeks since the NFL draft, since they traded for A.J. Brown, it looks extremely promising. This group of weapons for the Eagles looks as promising, especially long-term, both short-term and long-term, the most promising by far in the last decade plus, honestly, the last 13 years since specifically the 2009 season when it was established that they had Deshaun Jackson in year two, a rookie Jeremy Macklin coming out of the first round, and a second round running back in LaShawn McCoy, also a young tight end in Brent Selleck, who I know everybody remembers Super Bowl Brent Selleck and, you know, Doug Peterson, Chip, even end of Chip Kelly era, you know, Selleck, who was more of a blocker with Zach Ertz as the, you know, top receiving tight end. But Selleck for a while there from like 2008 to I'd say 2013 could really catch the football. Like you look at his numbers early in his career with McNabb and Vic and Foles, he was, he was putting up numbers. That team established a young group of weapons long-term for the first time in a long time, something Donovan McNabb really never had outside of one year with Terrell Owens. And, and that wasn't even it, because what I'm talking about is like long-term sustained cores of weapons on the offensive side of the football. The 2022 offense gives me those kind of vibes where it's not like, you know, 2019 I loved that offense on paper with Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, Sean Jackson, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, Darren Sproles. I thought it looked loaded on paper, but Deshaun Jackson was in his 30s. Alshon Jeffrey was in his 30s. Zach Ertz was in his 30s. You know, Jordan Howard was a veteran. So yeah, you had a rookie Miles Sanders and Nelson Aguilar, you know, in year at that point four. But to me, I mean, that was an older group and that the, the excitement was more about the now, the short term with that team, even 2017 as well. You know, Torrey Smith instead of Deshaun Jackson also was an older receiver. This group of weapons, like they're going to be really good and I think top tier talent wise. We'll see production that has a lot to do with the quarterback and Jalen Hurts. Into 2022, like they're going to be that talented. But again, long term, this is the most promising since 2009. And, and it's kind of funny because, you know, I mentioned McNabb and I'm thinking about that 2019 offense and what Carson Wentz had on paper. The last two times the Eagles set up a young core of weapons like this, they had just moved on from their franchise quarterbacks. Donovan McNabb, they, he only got one year with everybody together, right? He got two years of DJX, but Jackson, Macklin, and McCoy together. McNabb only got that for a season. They go 11 and five, and then he gets traded to Washington. So unfortunately for Donovan, he never really got to play with some of the most explosive weapons in franchise history. 
And the same thing with Carson Wentz, like two years later, after he could never, this offense could never get to the level of talent that, you know, Carson could throw to, he leaves, he gets traded and they use all the draft picks they got from Wentz in that trade with Indianapolis to go get AJ Brown and Devonte Smith and build up the offense he never had. So I just thought it was kind of interesting, like the timing of when the Eagles like really set this thing up on offense. It was like right after they moved on from two of their, I mean, to me, the two quarterbacks they've invested the most in their two second overall selections, Donovan McNabb and Carson Wentz, you know, the guys that got to play with these weapons, it was Michael Vick and Nick Foles. And you know, it's Jalen hurts. And hopefully Jalen Hurts doesn't plateau like Michael Vick did because, you know, Vick had that MVP caliber season in 2010, but he was never really able to fully maximize that personnel either. He could never stay healthy in 2011 and 2012 and, you know, 2013 either. And then Nick Foles eventually took over. So hopefully, you know, Hurts doesn't have that trajectory and he can take advantage of the offense that McNabb and Wentz never really had. Right now, Jalen kind of gives me more 2011-2012 Vic vibes compared to 2010. We got to see him show that he can have that kind of season, but he's going to get the opportunity for sure. But yeah, again, like this core looks so promising. Maybe more promising than when they had Macklin, Jackson, and Shady because I think the ceiling of Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown together is better than Jackson and Macklin. And to me, like, yeah, LaShawn McCoy is one of the best running backs in NFL history, but you know, Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell in the backfield, you know, as good as Brent Selleck was back then, that team didn't have a tight end, the caliber of Dallas Goddard, right? And then you add one of the most explosive deep threats in the league as your fifth target in Quez Watkins. It looks really good on paper. And again, look at the ages of all these players. Dallas Goddard is the only weapon over the age of 25 at 27 years old, and he's still smack dab in the middle of his prime with a new contract extension. Miles Sanders, only 25 years old. A.J. Brown, 24. And then you've got Kenny Gainwell, Devontae Smith, and Quez Watkins all under 24. Devontae, 23. Quez Watkins, 23. Gainwell, 23. I mean, it is looking really promising. And again, even if it's not for Jalen Hurts for the next quarterback, this offense isn't going anywhere anytime soon, and I can't see it really collapse like other great offenses on paper did i.e. 2019. Where does it rank, though, among other groups of weapons across the NFL? I want to rank them coming up next right here on Locked on Eagles. And guys, first today is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Look, summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Bilt Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags and your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you're fueled for your summer adventures. And unlike the candy bar, your you know sweet tooth craving of maybe a Reese's Cup or Hershey's Bar, protein bars at Bilt Bar, they are healthy and have the same flavor. It's all of the flavor and none of the guilt. 130 calories in most bars, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Make sure you head over to Built.com today to try out all the delicious flavors, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate. You've also got our marshmallow bars, the Puffs, first ever marshmallow protein-infused bars. You got cinnamon churro and banana cream pie flavors there. Head over to Built.com. I'll get you 15% off when you use the promo code LOCKED15. It's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at Built.com on your order of Built Bars. 
All right, Eagles fans, Louis DiBiase joining you on this Wednesday edition of the show. And we thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day, Monday through Friday, even during the dead zone of the offseason. You know, after the draft and before training camp, not a whole lot going on. We still got shows for you five days a week. And there is stuff going on still, though, this week. The schedule officially set to release in its entirety for the Eagles in 2022, tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. My co-host Gino Camilleri and I, we will react live to the schedule the minute it is released. But today, we're talking about this group of weapons for the Eagles. And as I said in segment one, I think it's the most promising long-term group they've had in 13 years since they drafted Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, and LaShawn McCoy in the first two rounds of the 2008 and 2009 NFL draft. It looks that good because, again, all of your weapons outside of Dallas Goddard are under the age of 25. Everybody outside of Goddard and Sanders are under the age of 24. Like this offense, like this is the core. Unless Devontae Smith suddenly falls off a cliff, Quez Watkins, you know, doesn't take another step this year. I, I, I don't even think there's a scenario where this team could be bad at receiver, tight end, running back. They're all just too talented and to me, already too proven. Unless you know, the injury bug hits. That's the only way it could happen like it did with 2019. But again, all these guys are so young that you don't have to deal with the injury concerns as much as you would for a 33-year-old Deshaun Jackson and a 31-year-old Alshon Jeffrey, 32, you know, Zach Gertz as well. It's a different ballgame with a young core for sure. So where do they rank though? Like this group, where does this group rank compared to the other groups across the NFL? Because I do genuinely believe this group of weapons, even in the short term, right now in 2022, have top five upside. And I was thinking, I'm like, going through the teams in each conference, I'm like, which groups of weapons, if I'm a quarterback, would I rather have at my disposal? Because the Eagles right now are six, seven deep when it comes to viable options at receiver, running back, and tight end. Like, I haven't even mentioned Zach Paschal is your you know fourth receiver on the depth chart right now. So there's really, when I was thinking about it, there's only two teams that have weapons that you could guarantee I would rather, I could guarantee you I would rather have over the Eagles that I would pick over Philadelphia and really not think much about it. And it's the two teams that were in the Super Bowl last year. It was the Los Angeles Rams for me and the Cincinnati Bengals. Like the Rams with Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson, you guys know my love for Van Jefferson. Like that is two of the best receivers in football. Van Jefferson to me is one of the most underrated receivers that, you know, anytime he's been given an opportunity the last two years has made plays. And he was an incredible deep threat for Los Angeles last year. You know, everybody was talking about it was supposed to be Deshaun Jackson, but Van Jefferson was a better deep threat when Jackson was there last year in the beginning of the season. The Jefferson was over Jackson and they might still bring back. They're probably going to bring back Odell Beckham. So you have those four groups of receivers with Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson as well at the running back position. Like that's top tier. I, I think the Rams, it's hard to do much better than what they have done. Um, they can move off Robert Woods and, and still be eventually four deep at the wideout position. And then Cincinnati, like, you know, it's close. The Bengals don't blow the Eagles away when it comes to their weapons, but I love that trio. Jamar Chase is to me already a easily a top five receiver. T Higgins, one of the most underrated receivers in football, had over a thousand yards last year. I completely overlooked him in the 2020 draft. Like he is a legit big body receiver that can also create separation. Very similar to me in a way to AJ Brown. 
Um, and then you have Tyler Boyd, who to me is one of the best slot receivers in all of football. And you also have as well, you know, at running back Joe Mixon. Like those two groups, I would probably take over Philadelphia pretty quickly. But you got to remember, even with those two groups, like you could make the argument for Philly. Like you look at the Eagles offense, they have potentially two top 10 receivers, at least talent wise, potential wise, that are under the age of 24, a top five tight end who might be, if not first, the second best run after the catch tight end, maybe only behind, you know, maybe top three, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and and Dallas Goddard. Those are the top three for sure. And one of the best deep threat tight ends in football. Um, You have one of the best deep threats in football in Quez Watkins, who was top two in yards per reception last year throughout the majority of the season. You also have a top 10 running back when healthy, in Miles Sanders, who is one of the most explosive running backs in all of football, a big play threat is to me the top guy when it comes to ripping off like 60 plus yard runs over the last few years. You know, he's kind of been the Deshaun Jackson at, of running back, if you will, where one carry and boom, he hits your fantasy production for you, for you fantasy owners out there. Like they have top five upside. So you could make the case that they could be the best offense in football. Like if, if you gave Patrick Mahomes this offense, or Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert, you could make the argument over the Rams and Bengals. I would take the Rams and Bengals over the Eagles, but again, you could make the case. That is how much potential this offense does have, not even just in the long term, but also in the short term. So the other teams, though, like in Philly's tier, that I went back and forth. I'm like, oh, I could maybe take that offense, but I'd probably side with Philadelphia. Those teams I thought of after the Rams and Bengals, like those are the teams I definitely would take over the Eagles. And then there were five other teams, I think, right with Philly. I think the Denver Broncos, the Arizona Cardinals, the Minnesota Vikings, the Buffalo Bills, and the Las Vegas Raiders. So with Denver, that would be a tough call because Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, two of the best young receivers in football. Tim Patrick has been one of the most unsung heroes at the receiver position over the last few years with the injuries Denver has dealt with when it comes to Sutton and Judy and KJ Hamler, like Hamler goes down early last year, as does Judy Sutton the year before Tim Patrick stepped in admirably. And now with Hamler back healthy, Judy and Sutton, they are four deep at receiver and it looks really good for Russell Wilson. And then you have Javante Williams, the running back last year out of UNC, who was maybe the best rookie running back, maybe second behind Najee Harris. I mean, Denver looks really good. And KJ Hamler, I'm telling you right now, he's their fourth option. Second round pick out of 2020 from Penn State. Going to be one of the best deep threats in football this year, efficiency-wise, kind of like Quez Watkins with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson throws one of the best deep balls I have ever seen. So he's going to utilize all four of those receivers. They are really deep on offense. Melvin Gordon is an RB2 as well, is a really good situation to be in. So Denver's right there with Philly. I thought Arizona, too, went at full strength. Like, when DeAndre Hopkins comes back from that suspension after week six, you've got DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown and Rondale Moore and AJ Green. Like AJ Green came back from the dead last year and almost ripped off a 900 yard season. And Rondale Moore like was buried on the depth chart last year and was so productive when he was on the football field. So Arizona's four deep at receiver as well. Plus they have Zach Ertz. And I know everybody last year was like ready to move on from Ertz because of Dallas Goddard, and rightfully so. But Zach Ertz is still one of the best, a top tight, uh, top ten tight end in football. Like he still almost had 800 receiving yards that earned him a top ten tight end contract this offseason. So Arizona, Kyler Murray's five deep with his passing targets, and James Conner 
was really good at running back last year, a complete touchdown machine. So Denver, Arizona, uh, Minnesota was up there too with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Delvin Cook. Uh, K.J. Osborne, by the way, too, one of the better slot receivers last year, very underrated in what he did. Um, and then the Buffalo Bills and Las Vegas Raiders also round out this tier. I think with Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis about to blow up. Like He's not a household name yet, but he was in the playoffs last year against the Chiefs. You guys all saw that game. When you add Diggs, Davis, Jamison Crowder, James Cook at running back, I think James Cook is going to be perfect for that Buffalo offense. Also, Dawson Knox, one of the best young tight ends in football. I'd say they're in there as well. And then the Raiders. like The Raiders don't get a lot of love. Um, a lot of talk about Devontae Adams, of course, who's probably the best receiver in football. But Hunter Renfro last year had a monster season. Darren Waller's coming back from injury. One of the best tight ends in football when he is healthy. Josh Jacobs is a really good running back. So there's a lot of teams in the NFL across the league that are five, six deep with weapons. Um, of those teams, again, though, like I probably prefer Philadelphia over most. I might take Denver over Philly, but they're in that tier. Like Again, it's those five, the Rams, Bengals, Eagles, like those seven or eight teams, I think are going to right now on paper be in the best situation on offense when it comes to their weapons. And, you know, again, you can make the case for the Eagles being more productive than all of them. Again, it has more to do with talent, though. We got to see if their quarterback and Jalen Hurts can maximize them like these other teams are going to benefit from Russell Wilson and Josh Allen and Kyler Murray and Derek Carr. We got to see if Jalen can have the same success and not hold these weapons back, because if that does happen, then you know, numbers wise, they, this weapons group will not be top five, but talent wise and potential wise, short term and long term, they're definitely there. All right, guys, one more segment coming up on this Wednesday edition of Lockdown Eagles. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Wednesday edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Lockdown Eagles. I'm Louis DiBiase joining you tomorrow. The schedule is released. Gino and I will react to the entirety of the 2022 schedule live and posted on all of our podcast platforms. Got a show for you Friday as well. Today, we're diving into the Eagles weapons group at running back, tight end, wide receiver, the potential of it long-term, short-term, where it stocks up, stacks up, I should say, uh, against other weapons groups in the NFL in the 2022 season. Um, it's going to be a really talented group. And again, it's all up to Jalen Hurts and if he can maximize their potential and have them hit a ceiling. Like there's a certain floor with this offense because the offensive line and these weapons are just too good in Jalen Hurts' legs. Like they're going to put up points consistently 25, 30 plus points a game. But when it comes to passing efficiency, that is on the quarterback. It will not be on the weapons. Like I think they are going to produce. They're going to get open. Number one's got to get them the football. And it's it's cool too because again, like I talked about in the first segment, how this has the makings of the best offense long term since 2009, with how young and talented these receivers are, these running backs, these tight ends. But also, why I'm so confident they're not going to mess it up outside of the talent is this group seems so tight and so mature already. Like, that's the thing. Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, Quez Watkins, they're all workaholics. They're all film junkies. They're all so committed to their craft and, you know, getting better in so many different areas and their route running and their body control and just so many different avenues. And they all seem so close together. Like, this feels like a real team. And that is something that I think they're really going to benefit from this season and in the long term. It's why, again, I, I feel better about this group outside of quarterback 
than I have in a really long time outside of just the talent, because you can just trust that even though a lot of these guys, most of them are under the age of all of them, except for one are under the age of 25, that they're still going to be good. Like props to this Eagles team for, you know, you got to prioritize talent and upside, but again, you know, work ethic and character, it goes a really long way. It can only take you so far, but when you like, that's how you become a star is when you have the talent and the work ethic and the character, the leadership combined into one, that is how you get a Brian Dawkins, right? That is how you get an all-time great. And a lot of these players on offense can be some of those players where I'm looking at the painting I have from Spectre Sports um, in my studio of all the legends throughout franchise history. Some of these guys on offense have the opportunity to be considered in that tier with some of the best of the best. And I cannot wait to see them hit the field for the first time altogether this season. And we'll find out when that happens and against who tomorrow. The schedule officially releases for the Eagles for the 2022 season. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on all platforms as well as on YouTube because Gino and I will react live. We've got a recorded podcast for you as well after the schedule does come out. Also, we're going to be reacting throughout the day on Twitter. So make sure you hit us up and follow us at LockdownBirds and at DBLOE. I'm going to sign off though for today. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Now make sure your second listen is the Lockdown NFL podcast. All of the news across the league in under 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your shows. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening. And let's go birds.